We've all been put on this earth for one specific reason. No matter if you play sports, no matter if you play the trumpet, we are meant to glorify God in everything that we do. Our mission on this earth is to spread the gospel and spread the truth that God has given us in the Bible. Brian Smith has done an excellent job of this. In his book, The Assist, he breaks down every area that a Christian athlete can face and how a gospel-centered mindset can change the way we look at sports and the way we look at all the issues that arise from sports. In today's podcast, we're actually going to have Brian Smith on to discuss what our mission is as Christian athletes. Brian studied and ran track and field at Wake Forest University while earning his degree in communication and journalism. He is now on staff for Athletes in Action, where he originally started in, at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and now he has moved back home to Michigan, where he still is on staff with Athletes in Action. He's written the book, The Assist, a great, a great book for every Christian athlete, and I, I recommend highly to read that, and I think Brian does a great job in this episode just explaining what our mission is on this earth and just how we as Christian athletes need to glorify God in everything that we do, not only sports, but everything in our life. How's everybody out there doing? Welcome to another episode of the Competing for Christ podcast. My name is Ken Burke, and a very special guest with me today, Brian Smith. Brian works with Athletes in Action, and he's here with us today to just talk about mission in sport and how we can be good stewards of God's word in the sports that we play. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good, Ken. Thanks a lot for having me. Excited of course. to be here. Of course. Yes. Thank you for coming on. Uh, first off, I just wanted to start by saying that some of the things that I have said on this podcast have been almost paralleled with what, what you what you wrote in your book. I promise that if I did quote at, quote that, uh, <laughs> I quoted it from the book and didn't steal it. Nice. Um, although some of the things were really similar to what you said in the book, like you used the athlete that was being interviewed for post game interview, I think, and mm -hmm. he was he just said, first off, I just want to thank God, and then rambled about himself for like 10 minutes yep. <laughs> that was that was very interesting how that happened um but yeah could you just uh briefly explain what you do with athletes in action yeah absolutely uh so i joined staff with athletes in action in 2008 and i've really been at the university of wisconsin madison um since then well not since then i i'm in michigan now but i was at uw madison for about 10 years working with the badger athletes and so just discipling them raising up a staff team teaching athletes how to lead Bible studies, how to share their faith. Um, yeah, and then my wife and I were both from the Grand Rapids area originally, and so we had an opportunity to move back to be closer to home a couple of years ago, and we took it. Like, it, it was a really big faith step for us. We, were, we felt like we were thriving in Madison, and life was going really, really well, and ministry was great. But we did, it was one of those situations where we just felt God was saying it's it's time to release your ninja grip on Madison <laughs> and be open to something else. And so, yeah, we we live in a town called Lowell now, which is about as far away from a college campus as you can get. It's a kind of like a small farming community. 
And so now my role has shifted from being on campus working with athletes to playing a more digital role within the ministry now. And so I do a lot of writing, some social media stuff, and working primarily within our Ultimate Training Camp group. And so Ultimate Training Camp has camps every single summer around the world helping teach athletes a lot of what I wrote about in the book, just how to how to live at the intersection of faith and sport in a way that glorifies God. Yeah, that's that's really, really awesome. Where did you get the inspiration to write that book? Yeah, it was a, a slow process for me. I think I explained in the book. Like it, it started when I listened to that interview that you were referring to, which, I mean, we see those interviews all the time of athletes who do the Jesus shout out, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we rarely get more than that. We get the, you know, I just want to give all glory to God, or I just want to shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But there's never any more of like, what, is, what does that practically look like for you to give? Did you just give glory to God while you're competing? Um, it, and then to be, I think frustrated is the right word, uh, is that the majority of the conversation about glorifying God, glorifying God through sport centers around competition. But that's, that's like 1% of the life of an athlete is actual competition. The rest of it is spent you know, during practice and interacting with coaches and and teammates and dealing with injuries and there's like so many other categories that athletes experience that was kind of the genesis of it was that interview and then thinking like wow what what does it actually mean when you step back and look at the holistic life of an athlete what does it look like to give glory to god in every category of an athlete's lives and it's not exhaustive by any means but i tried to hit some of the major themes that most athletes experience yeah i when i read the book i initially saw that and I didn't read I didn't read it until I started this podcast or until after I started the podcast and basically the same along the same reasons that I started this was just to give athletes a way to glorify him in every area not yeah, just that's awesome. not just competition not just through the glorification of athletes but through every area athletes can go through and every yep. problem that you they can experience Yeah um, that's outstanding but in the introduction, you said that we need to learn how to make sports serve us in a way that draws us close to God. By saying this, I got the impression in some way that sports can be a way of worship. Is that is that the intent in there? Yeah, absolutely. We um, it, It's almost hardwired into our DNA as humans that, that God has just made us worshipers. And so we're always worshiping something. Um, I was just at a Bible study the other night and talking about how like our bent towards worship is almost like a fire hydrant that's constantly flowing out. And it's just a matter of where are we directing that worship? And so, yeah, absolutely. Sport can be an opportunity for us to worship God through that um, in the same way that, you know, my dad's a, a an electrician or my mom was a secretary or my friend's a doctor, like whatever vocation we have is an opportunity for us to worship God. And that's, that's not just me. I mean, that comes right from, you know, first Corinthians 10 31, whatever you, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so, I mean, the Bible's telling us whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And so it's an opportunity to, to worship. And so I, I really think sports is included in that too. Yeah, definitely. So the first chapter uh, about glorification, obviously, uh, that was a couple episodes back of what I talked about. Uh, you even used a really graphic Acts 12 passage about King Herod, or, you know, Herod. He wasn't really a king. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there a specific reason that you made this first chapter about that? Uh, and 
how you connected Herod with that? How was was that underlying meaning? Um, I think one because of the shock appeal to it. Um, a lot of times when we're when we're having conversations about glory, we're using verses like I, the one that I just used. You know, Corinthians ten thirty one, and all these verses that are talking about how that's God's ultimate aim for us is to glorify Him and everything. But that verse in Acts twelve, really that story in Acts twelve. Um, it, it painted a picture of how God views somebody who does not actually give, give glory to him. And so I've, I've just always been intrigued by that. You know, it, it comes on the, the back end of Herod essentially killing the disciple James. And we, we know that God's not a fan of that, but what we don't see in that passage is God automatically striking Herod dead and saying, I'm, I'm essentially killing you because you killed one of my guys. He doesn't do that. But, Herod a short time later gives this rousing speech in front of people and they're worshiping him as a God and he doesn't correct them. And the Bible says that God struck him dead because he didn't give that proper glory to God. And so it's intriguing to me because he had just killed James and nothing really happened. And then he doesn't redirect the praise that was given to him. And God's like, Nope, that was the last straw. You didn't mm-hmm. give me glory and strikes him dead. And so, yeah, I wanted to start with that because it's different from what we usually talk about around the word glory, but also to, to help athletes understand that this topic of glory is a really, really big deal to God. And it's not, it's not something we should take lightly. Yeah. When I read that, I was thinking like that, that's just a glimpse of God. He, he sees James and he sees him being killed and that's just a reminder of Christians that we're going to be persecuted. We're going to be ridiculed. And he, God still didn't do anything. But then once Herod wanted the glory for himself, that's the last straw. That mm-hmm. was when God said, no, this is enough. And then struck yeah. him dead right there. That was, yep. it was really graphic, but it was really, really interesting to see that. So today we're going to be talking about our mission as Christian athletes and what it really means to serve our teammates, our coaches, and everyone around us in athletics and outside of athletics. Um, Hopefully our discussion can be helpful to anyone that hears this. So the first question that I had was for everyone that hasn't read your book, what is the mission for us as Christian athletes? Yeah. The mission for Christian athletes, I would, even before I would add athletes to the back of that, um, we need to start with what's the mission for us as Christians. And it's, I would say confidently it's, it's threefold right from the Bible. It's, it's a combination of one and two is the great commandment to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then number two, to love your neighbor as yourself. So love God, love others. And then the third one would be the great commission that we're given to go and make disciples of all nations. So love God, love other people, and then make disciples. That should be the trajectory of any Christian for the Christian athlete, though, those those three things are still true. But the challenge is, how do you accomplish those three things? How do you love God, love others, and make disciples within the context of sport? And so that's, that's really the mission for the Christian athlete is, I mean, we still have that biblical trajectory that we're supposed to be on, but we have a unique setting within the context of sport, which is going to be different than a, you know, a, a teacher or a doctor or an accountant. They have their own, they have their own biblical trajectory that they need to um, strive towards within their context, athletes have theirs. Mm. Athletics and sport is just another way of showing God and his glory. So you talked about how your friend 
Warren from the University of Wisconsin. He said he was a dangerous man when he felt like he was equipped to share the gospel with others. And I think for a lot of athletes, it can be hard to know exactly when you're equipped and not just athletes, but anybody, you know, any, any Christian uh, that wants to share the gospel. Even if we've been believers for a longer period of time, although we know the gospel, it can be scary to share that with others, um, especially on our teams. Do you yep. do you think that there's a specific time or a cue that lets us know when we're ready? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if there's a specific cue. I would say, I mean, the Bible says in in First Peter three fifteen um, that you're to always be prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you the reason uh, for, for a reason for the hope that you have. Um, so you're always supposed to be prepared to give a reason to, to that question. Um, it says that we're supposed to do that with gentleness and respect, but I think one, I would answer this in a couple of ways. One, when you become a believer in Christ, when you surrender to him, uh, as savior and Lord, God doesn't leave you on your own. He gives you the Holy spirit. And so the Holy spirit is our equipping. Like he, he's the one who gives us the, the words to say in those moments where we're fearful and, um, maybe lacking a little bit of courage. And so the, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, we're at, at least at some level pretty well equipped. I mean, mm. if, if we're communicating God's truth, who better to do that than God himself? And he's promising to, to dwell in us and actually be our voice in those circumstances. But two, I would say if you're scared and a little nervous, I would say I would I would trust that person more than the person who's like, I got this. Like I, I'm equipped. I know mm-hmm. how to share the gospel perfectly. I practice my testimony ten thousand times. I can do it with my eyes closed, behind my back, um, like like almost this prideful. Like I've arrived. I don't need to depend on the Lord. I'm. I got this. Mm-hmm. The Bible is filled with examples of God's people who are scared out of their mind, and those are the people that God tends to use the most. Are the people that seem ill-equipped and afraid and a little nervous and tentative. So I, I would say the Holy Spirit equips us. And if you're scared or nervous, that that's actually a good sign that God's positioning you to put your faith in him and do some good things for him. Yeah, it was definitely hard early on as a Christian to just know when, when you're ready. But mm-hmm. like you said, once the Holy Spirit comes in you and you have a knowledge of the Bible and you can at least find the answers in there. That's when, that's when you're ready. So we're always, like you said, we're always supposed to be ready and we're always supposed to be able to share that gift that God has given us. Um, mm-hmm. Even if we don't know the answer, we can still find the answer in the Bible. We can find somebody else that knows it more, more about it than us. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and at a base <clears throat> level, like all Christians should understand the gospel that they have staked their life on. And so mm-hmm. at, at some level, every Christian athlete should be able to communicate imperfectly that, that God loves you, that you're a sinner separated from him, that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and stepped in the gap to make right way for a right relationship for you and God to restore that. And then for that, there's actually a decision that you need to make, whether you're going to stake your life on that belief or not. And so Christians need to understand winsomely how to, how to communicate that to people. Yeah, that, I think that goes back to what 
what you were saying in the book about knowing our story and then knowing God's story. Like yep. you have to know the gospel and you also have to realize that you've gone through stuff too and everybody else has. So mm-hmm. knowing knowing your audience, knowing yourself is a big part of that too. Yep. Especially in our, our culture today where, you know, my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. Mm-hmm. Our testimonies become become a really powerful way to say that this is true, that this happened to me, it's not something that we need to debate about. This legit happened yep. to me. Um, and here's what I'm staking my life on because of that. Yep. It's a proven fact. It's not, it's not opinions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so it can be, it can be really hard to understand that God places you where he wants you to be at specific times mm-hmm. because you don't always feel, feel them or understand what you're going through. Like you said in the book, I know for me, I went to a prep college before I went to college just for to train for baseball. And I I really didn't know where God wanted me in that in that context because I was living in Tampa by myself and didn't know anyone anybody when I first got there. And I was wondering where God was in that instance and in, in mm-hmm. that context. But what encouragement have you given athletes over the years that struggle with this? Does he have a plan for my life? Yeah, I, I would take them to Acts 17, 26. It talks about he made them from one man, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. And so God, God is not making mistakes when he places you where you're at and the time period that you're at on the team that you're at and the city that you're at and the community that you live in, the coach that you're under and the teammates locker that you're next to, like all of those all the intricacies of where you're placed, God has done so intentionally. And that is in line with one of those three things, I believe, to to love him better, to serve other people better, or to, to make disciples. Mm-hmm. And so God has placed you where you're at for maybe all three of those reasons, but I would say at least at least one of those. And so he's got he's got purpose for absolutely everything. Mm. I, I know for me personally, it was, it was hard to find, find those three things in that context because I was so out of my comfort zone. I was so away from everybody else that I'd ever grown up with. And I think he, he used that space to just show me a new sense of life and to show me that there's more to life than my small town that I grew up in. Yeah, that's good. I think that the challenge for athletes too is when we get uncomfortable like that it's becoming more and more normal just to transfer and mm-hmm. you know when when we get uncomfortable and when things aren't going how we want them to go instead of taking some time and saying god what what's going on what would you have for me in this moment even if it's not what i wanted for myself or what i would have planned what do you want for me in that moment uh, to, to sit in that and to seek the lord and to keep our eyes and heart open to the to the answers of that instead of just saying well I'm not getting the playing time I want. I'm not connecting with my teammates. I think it's time for me to transfer and find a new spot. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's okay, but I, I would say the majority of athletes probably need to seek the Lord and spend some time listening and really having eyes open to maybe getting God's perspective on what's actually going on, which right. can be challenging, right? Because you, me, we, we love sports and we go to the colleges that we go to, to, to play a specific sport. And when things don't go as we want, and we think that the grass is greener on the other side, it's 
it can be really easy just to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to head over there. But to keep in mind those three things, like beyond playing time and beyond excelling in sport, if there's an opportunity to grow in our love for the Lord or encourage another person or to, to maybe in the process of making a disciple that that's like heavenly statistics that goes, mm-hmm. that goes beyond uh, what we measure on, right. on the earthly playing field. Yeah. I've known both of those kind of people that the ones that transfer right after their a season that they didn't play at all. And I've known also known people that they transfer, but they sought God's word first. They sought mm-hmm. what his plan for them was. And unknowingly to them, he was working in that context all along when they didn't play. And it just showed them that they don't, they don't need their sport to witness to people. They don't, they don't need to play to even witness to people. They can be a light on any team that they play on. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to mission though, I think you said that you were, we were placed on our teams for a specific purpose and we have a major impact on the culture of the teams. I feel like that can be both good and bad in ways. Um, mm-hmm. What do you what do you feel about that? Yeah, so it could be bad for two reasons. It, it could be bad one um, if let's let's use this scenario where there's an unhealthy culture on the team, um, and we would define unhealthy by you know it is it's not an environment where the our team is living out biblical principles. They're living out the the principles of the world, and so one of the negative effects of that is that you can get sucked into that. Mm -hmm. And so you can become a a product of your team's negative culture and you can actually be influenced by them instead of you influencing them. So that's one. Um, Two is that you, you could actually contribute to that negative culture. And so we all, because we're sinners, um, bring our own junk to, to whatever community and team that we're in. And if we're not careful, we can we can make it about us and we can lose sight, again, of those three distinctives and make it about the, the Brian show or the Ken show um, and influence it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. The, the third option is to bring about godly change. And that's probably going to be your next question. But yeah, th- there's an opportunity for us to um, create new culture that's, that's God honoring, that gives other teammates an opportunity to kind of merge along that new godly highway that we're trying to form. Yeah. I think for so, so many athletes today, it's, it's about being in, in the program that you need to be in. And I feel like being unequally yoked can go just, can be just as much as about where you are in on a team as it can be for, you know, you and your wife or you Mm -hmm. and you and a friend, um, you need to be in a context that, will help you grow and will also challenge you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even if that's at a Christian college or at university of Michigan, it's wherever God wants you to be at that time. Yep. That's good. So this one really, really kind of struck a chord with me because you talked about the need you need to stop. That strategy is ineffective. Uh, making new opportunities to think in a different way is a better step. Where did you get that idea from? Yeah, I, I can promise you it was not from me, but <laughs> I can't for the life of me remember where I, where I heard that from. It, it was a while ago, probably at some leadership conference that 
and it was not within the context of sports. It, I think it was in the context of um, like churches doing ministry within their community. And if I remember it right, again, I, I don't remember exactly where I remembered it from, but the, the, the concept was you're not going to change culture by simply walking into it and trying to change it. You're mm-hmm. not going to change culture by walking in and pointing out what, what's wrong and, hey, you, you should probably consider doing this. And, you, you know, you bring your Bible and say, well, actually, God would have you do it this way. You can do that. I don't know many cases where that has proven to be effective. I would say, mm-hmm. if anything, people will look at you and you will affirm the the existing stereotype that they probably have of, of Christians. Right. Um, the, the way you change culture is to create new culture and give an opportunity for people to see that new culture and make the decision of whether or not they want to be involved in that. And so one of the easiest ways for Christian athletes to do that, especially if they're living or they're on a team with a bunch of non-Christian athletes is to, to create opportunities for their non-Christian athletes to, to maybe be involved in a, a Bible study or join them at some ministry events, something where the rest of their team can kind of come to this Christian athlete's home field advantage and get, get shown hospitality and love and grace and, and truth and experience God outside of a posture of you guys need to change the music that you're listening to in the locker room. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, definitely. I, of course, go to go to Covenant College. It's a very, very Christian school. Um, so on our baseball team, we have small groups that we break in for, for the season that we r- go over just a book that our, our coach assigns us. And I feel like oftentimes that can be kind of an obligation in that context. So another guy and I started a separate Bible study that everybody on the team could go to. And I feel like that at times was more effective than doing what the team obligated us to do because mm-hmm. they were they were obligated to go to the team one but they weren't obligated to come to ours mm-hmm. and i felt that that was really a turning point for some guys that i saw on my team because i saw them come willingly to something that they didn't have to they could have stayed in their dorm and watched tv all night yeah. but we went over proverbs uh throughout the season and I grew so much in those 15 weeks than I'd ever grown in my time at Covenant with any, any teammate. And it was weird to read that in your book too. And just say, just start, just start a Bible club, just start a Bible Mm -hmm. study. Yeah. It's the power of ownership, right? Of your, mm -hmm. if it's something that you're initiating and you're not being told what to do, you're initiating it. You're, there's a level of buy-in that's going to be different than if it's, mandated down from a coach or an athletic director for right. sure. Yeah. I I really didn't think about really didn't think much of it at the time. I thought we were just, you know, getting together just to read read through Proverbs because I heard it was a good a good book of the Bible for young young kids, young guys. Mm-hmm. Um but it was just cool to see that simple action just really shift a culture that in the past had been kind of shaky on our baseball team. Mm, that's but, awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. But like you said, I was kind of discouraged some of those weeks when only like two or three guys showed up. Um, but I just kept going back to that Matthew 18 model of when two or three have gathered in his name, he's he's going to be there. He's yeah, going to he's going to speak in their midst and where whoever listens, because the Holy Spirit's in work at, at work in all of us. Yep.
if you have two people in a room, you have enough for a Bible study. Exactly. It's great. Yep. Well, as we start to close down, what's one thing that you hope the listeners get out of this today? Yeah, I would hope it's that they would begin a process uh, to shift their perspective. Maybe they already have this perspective, but to be able to um, to dig down a little bit deeper on those three trajectories I talked about, mm-hmm. that they are on this earth to, to glorify God and, and their mission as a Christian athlete now who will be a Christian athlete husband or wife or missionary or accountant or, or whatever you whatever is going to be after Christian, <laughs> um, <laughs> their job will always be to love God, love others and make disciples. And so while they're an athlete right now, though, they, they need to figure out what does it look like practically within my unique context of athletics and sport to figure out how do I do those three things well to the glory of God. Hmm. Yeah, that's, it's a great word. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brian, for being on here. It was such a great pleasure to have you on and just pick your brain and for you to share the wisdom that you've that you've learned over the years. Absolutely, Ken. Appreciate what you're doing. This is needed and necessary and yeah, pumped that you're doing it. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I know it was such a pleasure for me to have Brian on and just for him to share his wisdom and his thoughts about our mission in sport and everything else that we've talked about. If you get a chance, please go read his book, The Assist. It really changed my perception of sports, and I just feel like it's a book that every athlete, Christian athlete, should read, whether you're playing your sport anymore or not. I just want to close the same way as I do every week. I hope that you got something out of this, and if not, just know that God loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. See y'all later.